You're listening to Making a Mentor, the podcast that turns artists into mentors. We speak to everyday artists, producers, promoters, and anyone who's a few steps ahead who has a dream of working in the music industry. Whether you're producing music in your bedroom, a DJ, or an events promoter, we hope that you can find a life lesson in making a mentor. In this episode, we talk to Rob Thorpe, the promoter and creator of Behind the Groove, a jazz and funk-inspired club event that stood out in Warrington Nightlife and recently expanded into Manchester. Join us in the studio with Rob as he takes us through how he created Behind the Groove. Yes, yo, so uh, my name's Rob Thorpe. Uh, I run Behind the Groove. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a party, obviously, we started in Warrington. Um, we just moved to Manchester recently. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Party's been going now for about five years, and I also DJ on, like separately, kind of not part of Behind the Groove, kind of mm-hmm. as Bobby Thorpe as well, okay. and that's kind of Behind the Groove's kind of more funk, disco, house, kind of more positive club music, and then I DJ by myself under Bobby, kind of more, uh, I'd say like more house stuff, more minimal, more electronic stuff. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, do you play any of your stuff um, that you make um, at other events, or do you play that behind the groove? Are they two separate things for you? I'd say like they're the two separate things. So yeah. with with the Bobby Fox stuff, I do kind of uh, yeah, that's kind of the more underground house. But behind the groove, it is it's kind of got its own sound up, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's more like positive kind of club, like a kind of positive, uh, optimistic sounds in the club, the clubbing yeah. clubbing environment instead of like the moody the moody sound. Yeah. Could just interesting because you've said that like a couple of times. Is that something that you think about when you're talking about your event? Is that you want it to be more positive than maybe other events you've been yeah, to? Where the, that's that involved yeah, yeah. in why you made it. Uh, well, I think behind the groove is kind of it's like when when I started behind the groove, there was kind of a lot of like uh, house nights going on at the time, and they right. were a bit like moodier and a bit like uh, I <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> yeah like not like not as yeah a bit I wouldn't. Yeah, bit, I say that the vibe would be a bit moody sometimes, so I think Behind the Groove is kind of like a, an alternative kind of response to kind of those types of nights that were happening in Warrington at the time. Mm-hmm. So it is a lot more uh, yeah, upbeat, a bit more vibrant, a bit more colourful. You know, the brand in itself is all yellow, it's all yeah, yeah. bright in your face. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah that was kind of... The, the, I guess the, the night itself is a pretty positive night. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So just off you going off that kind of branding stuff, was that all stuff that you... Like, did you have the idea and think I'm gonna make it more colourful and then like I'm gonna go in and make my branding like this and like when you set that all up, can you talk maybe a little bit? About I mean, that's that? been some years. Do you want me to go from? I can go from the start of it if you want. Yeah, I think that'd be super interesting. Having cool. yeah, started yeah, yeah. behind the groove, yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, at the time, uh, I was living in Amsterdam at the time uh, when I was twenty one to twenty three, and then. Yeah, my job basically my, my, my contract finished in Amsterdam, so I had to I had to move back to Warrington basically. Right, right. Uh, by the time in Amsterdam, I was buying a lot of records. I was getting into DJing over there. I was working in a record shop and stuff. And then uh, basically, I moved back to Warrington, and uh, yeah, I had shit ton of records. And I wanted to play out in the club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but fortunately, I didn't have much DJ experience at the time, so I went to a bar and I said, "Oh, can I DJ? Can I DJ?" The, you know the auction rooms in Warrington Town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah it used to be a strip club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, is that while you were playing in there? No, no, it's, <laughs> it's now, now it's apartments. But uh, yeah, it's uh, so basically I went to the auction rooms. I said, oh, can, I, can I DJ? And he said, no, you don't, you're not going to bring any people down. Like, yeah, you, you're just a nobody, people, basically. Yeah. And I was like, fair enough. So um, I, I kind of thought, oh, I'll just put, put on a night and just to just to get a gig basically yeah so i just i was speaking to my dad about it and my dad was like my dad actually made him the name so he said oh behind the grooves a good name for a night oh that's funny i was like oh nice one dad (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love that and then yeah we did our first night after that and then that's how that's how the gig started basically for behind the groove and we've in in regards to the branding I mean, I'm not a graphic designer, but at the time I was using like this app called Canva. You probably no, know yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, We've been tinkering that. with it for Yeah, this. yeah. It's basically, if you don't know how to do graphic design, you use that, basically. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I just kind of put some logos together. Uh, I wanted it to be quite bold. I wanted it to be quite colourful. 
Uh, but I wanted to have a bit of like a punk edge to it as well, a bit like kind of in your face. So yeah. that's how the kind of that's how it all came together, really. Yeah, branding wise. No way. And it's it's also kind of I guess it's a bit of a nod to like the hacienda, you know, like I was thinking, yeah, yeah like the yellow and black, you know. And that is also like a northern influence as well. Yeah, it came out of the northwest. That's it, mate. I think it, well, behind the groove is definitely like a northwest night. Yeah. Uh, it's not like we don't try and be like a southern party. It's definitely yeah. got a northern edge. Because obviously you've got northern soul as well influenced this. That's area, it, man. And that yeah, all yeah. came out of that kind of not the same thing, but out of that kind of like getting records yeah, that yeah. other people weren't listening in the states and just mixing them up and making events out of it. Yeah, man. It's yeah. I guess I mean he's you know Northwest does have a good heritage of like uh, clubbing and stuff. So yeah, I think yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we've definitely got that like uh, yes that Northwest kind of uh, oomph to it as well yeah, and, yeah. Um, I think that's exciting man yeah so maybe wonder if we could talk a little bit about your literal first event that you ever put on my like. first event yeah, yeah, yeah. so like because I imagine sure. you've probably learned a lot since then and well, if you yeah. went back to that now you'd probably do it differently so what 100% what, what did you learn from that the first one well the very first one yeah it was just me and my mates that got together and was DJing at it mm. uh, firstly we did it vinyl only which was quite interesting nice. that was like the first <laughs> and it's quite stupid I, because at the time, like I only started, I was I was only mixing for a bit, probably about like uh, a year or so. I yeah. was practicing, so to do like an all vinyl night, we only the only reason we did all vinyl as well because we didn't have turntable, so we didn't have CDGs. Right. So okay. we had we were, so me and mates we got together did vinyl. Like, it was like a vinyl only thing, uh, and it went pretty good, you know, for a first party. It what was what good venue was it? It was the Oaks Rooms in town. Oh, oh that was yeah. yeah but like, I said it was about like. 50 people there the majority of it was just mates up because yeah. Yeah. did you make any profit? I didn't think me no. <laughs> <laughs> glory of the first event well I mean I, I mean yeah no we didn't make, were you not really interested I in wasn't I didn't really care about the yeah, money at the yeah. time I was just happy to kind of get a gig 100% man yeah yeah but uh, I mean for the for the first the first few parties were really good because uh, we kind of just it was just a laughing you know we just had all, all our mates together you know got a bit of notoriety in the town and then uh yeah, it just kind of picked up from there. Yeah, and if yeah. you were to if you were to go back to that first gig, yeah, would there be like what would be like three things that you would go and change about the way that you set that all up? Uh, I hate to say this, but it went they went pretty good. For, no, for, for I first hate night. to say it, that's that's great. Honestly, yeah. I mean like we we didn't charge on the door; we did it free entry. So. Okay. Like that comes at a cost because you take we so we set a price with the bar the bar manager, of like oh you pay us this much but we'll do it for free yeah, uh but then if if you got like hundred people turning up and then you could have charged the five hundred dollar you've like lost a bit of money there but yeah. the whole behind the groove's been a free party for a long time uh, and it kind of we kind of made it work for now uh, well in in Warrington it was a free party yeah, yeah. Uh, given this given that the location and stuff but yeah I'm trying to think what else. What else would I have done differently? I would have had CDJs. I would have yeah. okay. brought CDJs as well. Yeah. Doing vinyl is great, but it's it's got its limitations. I guess it restricts yeah. who you can bring into the event as well. That's it as well. You know, play, like so. there's not every DJ can use vinyl as well. So yeah, yeah nowadays I, I I'm a bit of a snobby. Like I I think you should be able to use vinyl yeah, as the well. Traditional way, yeah. But like uh, a lot of new guys now, they don't even buy records, which is fine. You know, do what you want to do. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely I would have had the CDGs as well, and I would have invested actually a bit in the lighting as well because I think yeah uh, okay because it was in a bar it was quite like limited lighting yeah and I think uh, from throughout the years I think like just lights in a club night it's probably the same with a gig as well mate it's just yeah, yeah. it just changes everything by like, yeah I can get that so. I think it changes the atmosphere definitely even like you know like strobes uh, smoke machine uh, sounds cheesy but no. a smoke machine is like uh, yeah yeah absolute game changer man yeah it's part of the event one hundred percent it's interesting to to think about that because I wouldn't have even thought that you would need to bring in your own lighting and things like that into events. Guess if you want to make a venue yours. Well this it was a bar, it was step, it? it was a bar, so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't yeah. like and this is the thing with Warrington, so you know I I guess any small town as well. Yeah, yeah. The, these these venues we've done parties at. We yeah. did it so we did it in the lounge, we did one in a brewery a while ago. Oh yeah. We've done one uh, in Hideout Courtyard. At the time that wasn't even a club. We yeah, kind of yeah. made that a club. And then auction rooms that bar wasn't really a club as well. So uh, we kind of had to, uh, you've got to like adapt to the surroundings to make yeah. it like a clubbing environment. Oh, okay. I think the, hi the hideout stuff, I think it it kind of gave the bar like a bit of a, a bit of a vibe, do you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. I only heard about 
and started going to that bar with people after that first event. Do you know what I mean? I well, that, yeah, did man. you have an interesting relationship with them? Did you know anyone there, or did you just contact them and say we'd love to put the event on here? Uh, well, at the time it was it was called Hernando's Hideaway. Yeah. And, uh, one of my mates, well, Naomi, one of the girls at DJs, would be on the group. Yeah. Used to work at Nando's with me. She used to work at Nando's with me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Naomi. Yeah, yeah. Really? So, yeah, she, she, uh, she, she, um, she did a birthday party at Hernando's Hideaway oh, in the yeah. courtyard and just like hired the fucking sound system. Oh, and just thought she, it she, went So off. she turned it into like a nightclub for a birthday, and then no, I was like, no. "That's a good idea." That's a good idea. Uh, yeah, and then now behind the groove was going for like two years, and I was like, "Let's do something in the summer in this courtyard." And uh, yeah, that yeah, it kind of went from there. The, yeah. the, the guy at the time, Steve Cena, he was running the courtyard. And what this is quite funny actually. So, uh, the courtyard was just empty. It was a bit of a dump, to be honest. Mm. He won't mind me saying that, Steve, but uh, it was a shit all. Yeah, uh, we 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 organised the first behind the groove there, and then uh, but whilst in the preparation to that, Steve actually invested into converting the courtyard. So like kind of putting seats outside, like a wooden terrace and stuff like that. So it was, uh, he made it like, but he, he literally on the day of the party, he was still, he still had construction workers outside. No. Literally yeah. like finishing off, the uh, finishing all off. So yeah, that was a bit of a last minute job. But uh, yeah, I had a good relationship with him. I yeah. still, I still do, to be honest. Yeah, James, yeah. James Glover, he runs it now. Yeah. It's hideout. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's hideout, fair enough. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit about your marketing because like you've had to put those events on like you went to uni and did that didn't you like do you think that's involved in how you've been able to get the skills to do it or have you outsourced it or what's uh, been like your main tactic for like promoting and marketing the actual event yeah so i mean i, I did I, I did study marketing at uni in, in, in liverpool yeah. uh, and i also did like a lot of promotion for club nights as well yeah, in, yeah. in liverpool when i was living over there so uh, i had like a bit of experience uh, and I, I'm pretty. I understand how social media works, you know. Uh, I guess like well, I guess any millennial kind of does now, don't they? But anyone, yeah. I I grew up in MySpace. I grew up with Bebo, uh, all that shit, you know. <laughs> Even like, and I've seen I've seen it grow to where it is now. So yeah. I've got like quite a good understanding of how like social media marketing works. What uh, what can you say about it? Because I think like we want to make this podcast as much about that exactly that the kind of nowadays the digital generation you've got a really accessible time to be an artist or to put an event on because you've got those free skills like social media to be able to like promote your event but if someone doesn't know where to start like what's some things that you've picked up on that you think are like good things to do with social media if you're promoting something i mean it's you've just got to make i guess you your brand or your whatever yeah, it is, yeah. it's just got. I think your output has to be professional and so high quality. Yeah, uh, that's what I always think. I mean, you've and uh, you've got to have like a personality as well. Like I think uh, we're behind the groove. I make sure it's like quite tongue in cheek, quite funny. Yeah. Uh, not too serious, and he's got like his own image as well. So I mean, if it only, I mean, uh, I sound like a fucking businessman. Here, no, to it's honest, interesting. Like, though, like. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah. I guess he's. If I, if I was someone starting out now yeah. with a club night and I wanted to get my marketing right, I would just make sure I was on Instagram and I was doing everything professional. I buy like, and uh, you know look like I could like doing it, but make making sure it like looks good and it's pristine and it's not like you look, look make it look like you know what you're doing because yeah. there's a lot of promoters out there that you know see, some of the shit they do on social media. It's like. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty poor to be honest like I've seen a lot of like even things like tagging and stuff like people don't know how to tag yeah, yeah. Uh, people they should tag the venues yeah shit. like shit like that and then it's like uh, they don't know how to put comments on or like they'll put they'll do, they do all these things wrong but you know like tagging a location they don't do that yeah. they'll put like random hashtags on and all that shit and it don't mean anything so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good advice man that's good advice yeah. I think we could go a bit more into Amsterdam uh yeah we can do actually yeah so you you mentioned that um you you moved over to amsterdam what encouraged you to move over there and um obviously that's where you started your journey in mixing as well so do you want to talk yeah. about how you got into that uh so basically after uni um i just couldn't i couldn't find a job so yeah. i just uh i looked online and i found um i found an internship working for a tech startup in amsterdam okay so uh yeah it was pretty crazy actually like uh <laughs> It sounds it. Yeah, it was fucking bad. Like, <laughs> to me, that's a big decision. Yeah, so I was, I was 21 and uh, I said to my mum, I found this job, I'm going to go to Amsterdam, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she was like, 
Like, whatever, like, <laughs> get <laughs> out of there. She was just like, you're not gonna, like, you gotta, you come back in a week or something. And then, uh, so I went, I went to Amsterdam. Uh, I started my job. I was staying in hostels for like a week and stuff. And then, uh, fortunately, on the last day, if I was planning in a host, staying in a hostel, I secured like uh, an apartment, like in it out, outside of the town. It was a dump, but like it was, yeah, it was, it was a place to stay in on an internship wage anyway. Did you move for the job or did you move? No, I moved for then... the yeah, I moved for the job. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, basically, I secured the job and then I didn't have anywhere to live, so right. I just stayed in hostels for a bit and then. Uh, but then after the internship, I they offered me a full time job. So, and then, uh, but yeah, Amsterdam. I don't know if if, if you've been to Amsterdam before. Been, yeah. So like musically, for for dance music especially, oh, for me, yeah. it's like one of the best cities in the in the world. I have been some good events. Yeah, it's like uh, you know for, so coming out of uni and then going to Amsterdam, it was just like a whole completely different world. Uh, did you, you know, know anybody there, or did you just? Nah, go? I, mean, I didn't know anyone. I think that's quite a specific <laughs> thing. Like, not everyone could just go out and do that. I wonder if yeah. that says a lot about your character and how you've managed to open the event. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, like, maybe. I mean, it was it wasn't easy for me, you know. Where I can, but luckily, I made a lot of like where it works. It was quite a lot of young people, so I made. So is that the, the the textile up, or is that the record? Sorry, that was the textile up. Um, right. So then, when did you start working there? In in the record store. Was that like for extra money? Then? That was see that was well that was an unpaid unpaid weekend ah, job and weeknight yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. You just wanted to get a good look at the record. That's it, mate. So, like, <laughs> so when I was in Amsterdam, I got I got quite I was I was never involved in the scene. Like, I was never like DJing, but I was I was definitely a fan of it, and I was always going to record stores. So I was always going to the clubs. So I was watching. I was I was always I could always you'd always see the DJs around the town as well because it's quite it was such a cool seat like cool. Mm. It's quite like a small city Amsterdam, but. Uh, yeah, all the D. I remember just bumping into these DJs that I admire now, like just uh, just going to the record shop and stuff. Right. But uh, but yeah, I, so I was there for a bit, and I was there for like two years, and then throughout the in the second year, I got the job in the record store as well. So uh, the shop was called the uh, Zvart Gald. No. Uh, it's just it's it was quite a funny location. It was like uh, well, it's just like outside the red light district. Yeah. Uh, and that was yeah. There was a guy called Ilka who ran that. This Turkish guy, he was a DJ as well. And then that was that was really so that was really good experience getting a job in a record shop. So, you know, like you've got all the new records coming in, you're checking them all out. Uh, I also helped out with his marketing and stuff as well, which goes okay. back to yeah, I guess my degree as well. I even did some writing for his website and stuff. So, uh, I mean, it, if this is about you know mentoring and stuff, like uh, even though I didn't get paid for that job. That gave me like invaluable, you know. Experience, yeah, I think that's you know? that's important to touch on. Like, yeah. what um was there someone specifically that was like a mentor for you there? Would you say it was more just actually surrounding yourself with what you were interested in that did? Yeah, it, it was definitely just being being in the city. That that was it was. I wouldn't say there was one specific person in yeah. Amsterdam, but um, in fact, there was there was a there's two there's a record store called Russia Records. That was I mean that's that's like blown up massively now. Yeah. Uh, and then there was also a fest. There's also a club night called Degmansel, which I was quite a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Don't know if you know the festival. That was my first festival. I was went it? To yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, so th- those guys like uh, they were really climbing the ranks, uh, like getting big uh, on an international scale. Whilst I was living in Amsterdam, so no. I was kind of seeing like, and I think they're actually a big influence on behind the groove uh, the Degmansel parties. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. They were all like, I think they had like a. They were quite counterculture, and they're not like uh, your generic club club goers. You know, they're kind of like uh, yeah, they've got like a bit. For me, they had like a bit of an edge to them that I'd never saw in England. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's a Dutch thing. I don't know. Maybe what is it? Because I just I think it's interesting. You say a uh, uh, influenced <clears throat> influenced your event. Like, what was that about the event? Like you say, like counterculture. What do you mean? Like the fact that because you talked about that kind of punk element of yeah, yeah, yeah. your I mean, event. Like, do you think you got that from them? I think way? like well, in in England, like the clubbing scene is quite like uh, sometimes it can be a bit chavvy and a bit like I'd be fury and stuff. Yeah, do you know I would what I'm agree saying? with that hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah, they say in in Holland, I found I kind of saw something that I could connect to. It was a bit like alternative kind of night. But it was it was for the music heads as well, you know. It wasn't cheesy. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't dudes in, you know, you know, sleeve tattoos and you know all that, all that nonsense you can get yeah. in England. Uh, it was like, a, yeah, I don't know. It was just refreshing, and it was kind of something that I could feel part of in that. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, sick, man. So did Deckmantle do events before they did the festival? I see, man. Yeah. So they were doing parties in Amsterdam for a while, and then they started a record label. 
and then they just grooved into the festival that they're at now. You know? uh, and now they're doing, I think they do like festivals in Croatia. They did some in Sao Paulo. Oh, really? Yeah, they do that. They had that mental selectors. So, and I think that, yeah, I mean, just just by me telling you their story, there's an, an example of watching some like a promoter grow from nothing to like, yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Like, what do you think it? What do you think it was about them that made them do so well? Like just out of interest, just with you know. I think they had, they had a really world. unique identity with what they did. Like, yeah. The branding was really unique. The, the, and the the musics they were they were proper musicers, you know. They treated it like an art form almost. Uh, yeah. And I think like sometimes that can kind of not be taken seriously in dance music. You know, it's not seen as maybe as artistically yeah. credible to compare to like I don't know guitar music. Well, yeah. But then you get people like Daft Punk for me. And That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah like. people like that. So I think yeah, uh, yeah, they definitely for, for me. I think they were they they're definitely a game changer for a lot of like young DJs as well. You know. Um, like obviously you know Boiler Room, mm-hmm. like Dead Mantle like got their festival quite big off Boiler Room, and yeah. I think I'd say like the majority of DJs that started in the last ten years probably watched some of their, their Boiler Room videos and yeah. were like fucking out like that's like, like that's the one that yeah. yeah. I wonder you know you interested in just thinking now back to like your event. Do you see yourself maybe growing in that way like maybe doing a festival one day like is that an ambition you have or where do you yeah. see it going like? I don't know, mate. To be honest, I, I'm not going to be too optimistic. Well, no, I should be, I should be optimistic, but uh, I think us moving to Manchester, yeah, and doing our first party the other month, uh, sorry, the other week. That was like, it's almost like a fresh start for us, and yeah, uh, yeah. I think that is a lot of. I mean, I'm just happy to just keep the party going in Manchester yeah. now and just see where see what happens. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that I want to like a music festival. I mean, I've got a full time job, you know. Like, yeah, it's true, it's true. I've got priorities, you know, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd like to I'd like to see it get to like a a, a level in in Manchester that's like uh, I, don't, I I think it I think it I think it's got potential in Manchester. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Do you, what? Can, maybe we can talk about the move. Yeah. You know, why sure. why move from? We, we talked a bit about that small town kind of fever, but yeah, yeah, why yeah. move to Manchester from like a personal perspective, but also from like a business event yeah. perspective? I think I think we. I can say this for the other guys that do behind the groovers as well. Like yeah, I yeah. think uh, we just kind of we we kind of peaked with everything we could do in Warrington. Like, there was only so much we could do. Uh, like uh, we tried to we tried to do the party. Well, we did a party in the brewery. Uh, modern, do you know Modern Day Mugs Brewery in town? I don't. Yeah, no, no I don't think so. Uh, it's a new brewery. It's opened, and they've got like a bar in there as well. So okay. we, we we put on a party in there a while ago, but uh, yeah, it's quite noisy. So. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> can imagine. it's quite noisy, yeah, and it was near houses and stuff. So I just oh, kind of I thought, see. like, uh, yeah. but I, I kind of thought that maybe, maybe I should just kind of focus on going. I, basically, venue wise, Warrington wasn't giving me enough yeah. to be yeah. with at, at, at the time. So I, I kind of thought I tried it with the brewery, but uh, I kind of uh, deep down I thought it's not going to work long term. So yeah. you know, go to Manchester and aim in, aim for Manchester instead. And you've you've built that you've built that brand in Warrington. What yeah, was yeah. that like then moving into an entirely new place and having to basically re-establish yourself in a, well, a new it, city? It's funny you say that because we've, I think we've all we I mean people kind of there's a few people in Manchester that do know about the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like a few guys. And I was in the record shop the other day speaking to some of the guys there, and they were saying, "Oh, I've heard the behind the groove." We've had we've had some DJs from Manchester play our party in Warrington as well. So. Okay. We've had uh, a guy called Il Bosco, and then uh, another guy called Randy Brunson. He played Blizzard Inc. party as well in Warrington. Uh, but I think th- this sound this is this is pretty cool, right? So being from Warrington, I think you've got a bit of kudos in a city like Manchester. Yeah, we're not from London, you know. We're from we're quite local, to be honest. So yeah, and I think uh, for me, I'm using that to my advantage. Uh, yeah. you know, it's a local party still in Manchester. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. So, you know, you talked about it being like a free party in Warrington. Yeah, yeah. Have you, do you charge now that it's in Manchester? Yeah, so now we, we charge on the door for the last one. Yeah, so um, I wonder if you could talk about how that changed the dynamic, like how that affected it as kind of like a thing to run, like what were the challenges I, and stuff. I'll be honest, we got pretty lucky because because it was our first party in Manchester. Like obviously, no one was expecting it to be free, so. Yeah, yeah, that makes like, sense. So in Warrington, people kind of expect it to be free, yeah. yeah. But because it's the first one in Manchester, I'll be honest, it was probably about 80% people from Manchester. 
20% of the crowd were from Warrington, so... Yeah, 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 so a lot and, of people uh, just got in there. there were, a lot of people, it was their first night in Manchester, yeah, uh, yeah. for behind the group, so I think... Uh, I don't, I, we only charged the fiver for the ticket as well, you know. Yeah, like, it's pretty reasonable. That's like a... But how did it change, so. like, you, like, having an event, like, do you have more stuff to... Did you spend more money on other things because you had that profit well, we or bought, were you able to pay people? Yeah, or? I mean, we... Because it was our first night, we invested a bit in stuff, so... Yeah, yeah. Like, we bought, like, a fucking light, like, a really cool light. Yeah. The Behind the Groove logo one. Yeah, oh, that, I see. Seen seen that? Yeah, yeah, we saw it. Yeah, I've seen yeah, it on your Instagram. It's on your Instagram. Yeah, it's, it, that... Uh, I can't you want one for making a man or yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah. tab open up there on the yeah, 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 If you need if you need the yeah, the supplies, let us know. But like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean that cost that, that luckily, yeah, luckily one of my friends has one as well. So we just got a new uh, a new logo to put into it. Oh, like since you already had the light. Yeah, but oh, I mean so. that I mean that I think that's like two hundred and fifty quid, something like that. Yeah. That's a lot of yeah, money. Well, it's good, yeah, it's good though. But like it, well, it's but good you it's everyone bad. relates it to your brand as well. Change the night. I've never. It sounds ridiculous, but having a light with your logo on, like it was a fucking gift. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds yeah. Honestly, well, also it's all for social media. Like people might take a picture with it. Well, that's, everyone, that's free promotion. Yeah, right? everyone was like on after the party, like people tagging you stories, and they just they're not. No one was taking pictures of DJs. Like no one gives a shit. They were just taking a picture with the light. Yeah, which is right. interesting. Right. Yeah, well, see, that's yeah. where they are. Do you know what I mean? That's it. It's yeah, yeah. You see, you see a lot of venues that do that. that take advantage of that don't they they'll have a little space somewhere where it's yeah, specifically true. like a nice pretty place yeah, yeah, yeah. sign up and a place where you like well, a bench or something people like uh, I think I, if you're talking about bad business wise like no one no one cares who's playing at the parties anyway to mm. be honest like, mm. I don't put my name on the flyers I've done it like a few times but people just care about going to the party so having mm. yeah investing so going back to your, your question sorry so no, in, yeah fine. investing yeah investing into the light that, that was that was a really important yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. we also invested in a video as well to make for the advertisement so we had uh, like an animated poster sorry so oh yeah was that for oh, social man. media that was for social media oh, I remember seeing that was it with the, the dancers yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we've never cool, we've never had an animated poster before uh, and it yeah, I think it's a lot better having an animated yeah, it's something to think about if you're ever doing gigs and stuff yeah definitely because uh, I think this sounds I think algorithm I'll go from an algorithmic perspective. Yeah. I think a video gets more traction than a yeah. Than a, like so what do you do? Do you post it on all your socials? Do you do any ads or anything? Uh, like, how do you run it? Do you just go word of mouth because that works? So well I do. Yeah, ads. I mean, I've got I've got the behind the groove Instagram account. And that's got, it's not even got that many followers, but I do most of the promo from that, and then I do some from mine, and then every, all the other DJs that are playing, I just tell oh, them I'll to just their own stuff. Just but like, we don't overdo it. We just kind of keep it simple, uh, but we do. Like we did a, I, I spent like twenty pound on the Instagram ads as well. Oh, the yeah. last buy. That's a good thing to do. Yeah, I mean, if you target the audience, you know, you've got like age, eighteen to thirty. Well, students. Students, and then this is this is a little insider trick. So, target audience interest. Uh, put festivals, music festivals. Festivals, okay. Yeah, yeah, for a club night. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because yeah. there are people who tend to do that. Think about your festival crowd, man. Yeah, a lot yeah, of them just, go to events. They go yeah. to, they'll go to gigs, but they'll go raving as well. So, yeah. like, uh, I always choose the music festival crowd and then age 18 to 30. Yeah. How did you learn um, how to adapt that marketing model as well? So you said you're talking about with tags and how, yeah, um, yeah. With, like, Facebook and Instagram ads. I don't use Facebook anymore. That's you don't just, use that's Facebook. Facebook's dead. So <laughs> you can become so hyper-focused on finding... So you're now no longer having to push an ad out to anyone and only 1% of people are doing that. You can now pick specifically who you're going for with, with ads and yeah, with yeah, tags. Yeah. How did... Did you get someone in who already knew how to run Facebook marketing or have you kind of just... Oh, mate, I just do it all myself. Like all so. myself, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. As I said, I'm quite interested. I, 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 I'm not interested in it, but I understand how it works. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit sick of social media now. I'm getting a bit older, to be yeah, honest. But it's yeah. tough. I think... <laughs> But I understand how the game works, you know, uh, with it. So well, I think that's good because I think a lot of people would agree with you, particularly people that are like more towards twenty five to thirty in our like listening area. Mm. A lot of them want the benefits of promoting their thing on social media, but they don't want to be on it all the time. Yeah. So I think yeah. any kind of knowledge of how you can go on. I mean, we're even thinking about this: how we can go on promote what we want to do in an effective way but not kind of be on it on all the time kind of that's it man you don't like you just piss people off as well if you're on it all the time yeah, right? yeah you don't want I, to I see it. promoters like they'll, they'll post like every two days right? and it's the same event buy my, yeah, buy my ticket buy my ticket and yeah. then it's like 
Mate, you're just gonna lose followers if you do that. Mm. Like what I do on Inst- if, if I'm on if I ever go on Instagram and I see someone posting all the time, even if it's like uh, one of your mates or something and they're just posting shit all the time, I just unfollow. Yeah. yeah. Or no, sorry, not unfollow. I, 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 mute, them. Yeah, I mute them so I could technically I could have like five hundred followers, but imagine if everyone just muted you. So no yeah. your audience yeah, is not even like, listening to you. Yeah, that's, that's, so that's something I Maybe that's something, you know, that's something, if you're giving advice, you know. Yeah, how to not overdo your Don't, don't piss off your, your fans, basically. What would you yeah. say, then, in your opinion, is a good, for specifically, an event? Like, to, say to you promote. were going to put another event on in Manchester, like, yeah. how, how yeah, much would you say is too much to post? Right, so, yeah, let me get my phone out, right? I'll just... Oh, see how many you've done? Yeah, so, yeah, for, the last, yeah, nice. for the last Behind the Grief party... Yeah. I, the the one in Manchester, on the, from the behind the groove account, mm. I did uh, one, so I, I did two posts, two 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 like Instagram posts, and then I put like a few stories up, mm. uh, but like on the stories, so I put like, I could put like that image, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and then I, like I put a picture of the venue as well because it's a new venue, and then that's. There's the video as well. Yeah, yeah that's good, that. Absolutely. So how did you get that made? Uh, this, uh, one of my mates, this girlfriend, Baxter, she made, she does all the artwork for us. And uh, I had like an idea and I sent it to her and I said, can you uh, try and make something like that? So yeah. No, no, it's only two posts. Only, that's only two posts and then... And it sold out, right? We sold out, yeah. But it was, it was, I put like a few things on the story, but like I didn't, I, I just don't, just don't overdo it. Yeah, and I put, uh, obviously it was on Skittle as well, it was yeah. on Resident Advisor. Uh, but yeah, I think it's like anything, you know, if you put too much, uh, if you overdo it, you just... You don't want people to think that it's going to be empty, right? Yeah, you don't look, you look, you look desperate, you know, it's yeah, like... Yeah, that's what, yeah, sorry, that's it's what like, I mean, really. you know, if you, if you fancy a girl, you don't just DM her load, yeah. you like, you, you just play it cool, you know. Yeah. It's like, with promotion, I think, you know. Play cool. Like. Yeah. I think it almost fits quite well with the style of the brand that you've got as well. You reckon? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like in, in the way that you're talking about it and the way that you're talking about just it being a much more chilled out sort of positive area yeah, to yeah. go, not being bombarded constantly with, oh my God, please come to this well, game. I, you know I, mean? I, I, I get bombarded by information like all day. Mm. If you're nine to five, you do, don't you? Yeah. So like, uh, for me, a party is like an escape from all that shit. So mm. if you're like doing... For me, it's like the escapism, like the pie. You know, if he's if he's got the music, you've got the smoke machines, you got people having a good time. You know, you don't want to be uh, marketed to almost. Yeah, yeah, that know. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, it's like yeah. So yeah, from from that perspective, I just kind I kind of just do it right, and I I know I know from the bottom of my heart the party will be good anyway. So yeah, yeah. Oh, if you don't like, if you don't want to come, it's fine, but it it will be good. So yeah. it has been for the past five years. So it's interesting yeah. that um like. I always find that the mo- all the events I get invited to are always usually through Facebook. And the yeah. majority of the time, I hate to say it, but if an event comes in through my notification because one of my mates has sent it, I probably won't click on it or anything like that. But you mentioned that you don't use Facebook and you actually well, so we, use Instagram So we So we, do, we, we still do like Facebook. We set up Facebook events, but we don't advertise at right, all. Right, so you don't, you don't... We're not going to invite, like... on those to be your main... Your front, so, your main we, so this is interesting. So when we did the Behind the Groove in the, back in the hideout, in, mm. the, in the, the courtyards, this was the first year we did it. Uh, Luke Fender. Yeah. Your, your guy. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he helps with his promotion. And he, like, he was like... He's like, watch this, I'm going to invite like fucking like a thousand people or something. You know and what? you know what, mate? They it, turn up. They turn works, up when he does. It works, but that was, that was when, it, that was just before like Instagram got to like, where it's at now. Uh, I think, uh, and then, uh, God bless his soul, he's still trying, he, he can't, yeah. he can't like do, he can't do that anymore. It don't work. Yeah. 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 At the time it works, but now it doesn't work. So. Things are different now. I think media's got, this is what I think, we want to talk on about on the podcast as well. Is yeah. that media's got a lot faster now? That's it, man. It is. It's, it's quicker. Look at TikTok, which is by well, far now the biggest yeah. platform. People haven't even got time to watch a, a minute video. Is like crazy. Back in the day, it was like half an hour YouTube videos. Is what I would watch. Yeah. And nowadays, I feel my attention slipping if I'm not grabbed straight away. And I think that's just the nature of like the way it's all changing. Well, yes, yeah, I mean, there's also another thing as well you need to think about, which is something I've, I've uh, I was speaking to someone about. Uh, when when you 
when you invite someone to a Facebook event, they get that instant instantly, don't they? That notification. Yeah. yeah. So if you invite someone to a Facebook event at seven thirty a.m. in the morning. They're going to wake up, look at the phone and be like, fuck off and just put it down. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and then he just gets pushed by all the, by the way, it's somebody's birthday today. Yeah, and exactly. this happened there yeah, by yeah. nine o'clock is. So I gone. think, yeah, that timing is quite crucial as well. It's, it's interesting well. with promotion. I was listening on another music podcast that I listened to about this, right? I wonder what you both think about it. This idea that what promoters sometimes do, particularly in like the high end stuff, is what they'll do is, is if they're not selling a lot, for an event, yeah, yeah. they'll say, we're just about to sell out yeah. and do like yeah, a social yeah, media yeah. campaign where they say last kind of 20, 30 tickets. And that works better than if you're honest and kind of say, look, we're not selling very well. If you don't want to see this artist, yeah, yeah, yeah. get your tickets. What do you think about that? Because that's kind of like deceptive marketing, right? Well, I, think I, I think that works. I think it's creating scarcity, to be honest, which is yeah. um, a massive a massive contribution to why people come in and buy certain things. When Fender put that out, last few tickets left... That it's was legitimate as well, like, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly. That one well. yeah. But I get what you mean. If you turned up to a band that was like, oh, yeah, we've almost sold out, and then there's like 15 people in the crowd, to be honest, you're probably not going to remember or care by the time. Well, yeah, what does that mean long term, you know? Yeah. Right? yeah. Imagine that you just oh, be so like, that next gig after. You know, I'm not going to go to your next gig. Like, yeah. 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 Piss them off, aren't you? Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. But I think, uh, yeah, so I, I see this other thing as well. So, in club nights, I don't know if it's the same with gigs, but there's like early bird tickets and then yeah, yeah, like so. main tickets, and there's like it's like fucking like ten tiers of tickets. Yeah. And like this is like going back to the thing about like I don't want to feel like I'm part of like some business operation, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just for the last behind the groove, I just I just did one ticket and that was it. But I've seen I've seen promoters saying they've so what they do is they say they've sold out of the first ticket. Yeah. And like what message did that's just confusing your audience, like. Not everybody knows what an early bird ticket is as well, you know. Not everyone knows what all these tears are, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's like, yeah, promoters are like, they're like, oh, yeah, we sold out of our first batch of tickets. Mate, that's like 10 tickets, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, get, like, get over yourself, mate. Yeah. It puts me off yeah. sometimes, though. If I come in and I'm on that 30, so if, if, like, my mates bought tickets to an event and they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, just grab yourself a ticket and I see that I'm on third release and it was a tenner cheaper, like, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I almost feel like, oh, well, Am I getting out off buying this ticket now, or or you know why? Why yeah. is it everybody else got that cheaper? Again, it's is. I, I think for a, such a small scale of like behind the roof, is still quite a small pie. Yeah. I think like just having that one ticket prices. I've seen like parties in Warrington do all that ticket stuff, and it's like yeah, it's not worth it much. Just that admin hassle. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting as well because like what we were saying before, it's like the it speaks for itself. Do you know what I mean? Like you you promote it a couple of times. The event is the event. People come to the event, they take a picture with the branding and they want to go again. Yeah. Rather than you get these other churned events where people end up like going to them just because it's where everyone's going and they're being ch- oh, there's this on on a Thursday night. Just speaking from a student in Manchester, mm-hmm. you know, I was dragged to a lot of events just because everyone else was going and they right. were four yeah, That's what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what, like, and I think it's interesting when you take a. To, to think about how, if you wanted to be a promoter or if you're not a promoter but you have to promote your own thing for yourself to think about that kind of bar of like how much you're actually just letting what you do speak for itself and how much yeah. you're kind of relentlessly pushing it but it know? takes you know you can't just let it takes a while for to, to get have that confidence to kind of let it speak yeah. for yourself you know you're, on your first night you probably can't do that but yeah, you just I think because we've been going for a while now and like we've got a bit of experience under our belts we mm-hmm. can kind of you know, have that self confidence almost yeah. Yeah. yeah what do you think that experience has taught you because you've got like a fair few years of experience of running that event and yeah. promoting it like yeah. what do you think are the main things that you've learned you know self taught yourself by just going out and trying it and doing it I mean I've do you mean that from a from a DJ perspective or like from I think from like, both like from the perspective of a DJ but also from the perspective of like someone who's putting on an event you know I've never put one on so yeah. if I wanted to do that you know you've got years of experience of doing it in your own way you're not you're not fit into a formula of what all yeah, everyone yeah. else is doing you're doing it your own way so yeah. I feel like that teaches you the teaches you more hands on what your opinion yeah, yeah. is on how to run an event and that's sure. what I'm interested in finding out from you I suppose. I mean, like, just do it for a love, you know, that's, that's the main thing, yeah. you know. If you're starting this party in a small town, just do it for the laugh with your mates, right? 
that's what behind the groove was. And like, yeah. if I started behind the groove as like this, like, uh, oh, like this, this, this business to take over, yeah, yeah promotion scene. Yeah. Nah, nah, it's not about that. You know, yeah. clubbing's meant to it's escape. It's an escape, and I think having that mindset, you know, is uh, when you're starting off, like, that's the most important thing. Like, uh, yeah. try not to overthink it. You know, and you might not even be the best DJ. You just need to just have you get get together with your mates. You know. And just have a good time. Yeah, I think that, on a small. If you're in a small town as well, yeah, use that to your advantage. You know, I think that's interesting because uh, one of the questions we've got here is like, what is your motivator? Because we've kind of said that yeah. it must take a lot. You know, it's kind of must be a bit like your baby in a way. You've made it for ages. Yeah, definitely. You've, yeah, yeah. you've put a lot of time into it, and you're not. You as you said, you know, you've got a full time job. You're not kind of making a living on it yet. No, no. Um, no. So, what would you say is your main motivator? You've kind of said that you're not motivated by money. Do you think? I mean, I don't get wrong. Obviously, it's good to earn money, and I would do it. And I don't, I don't make hardly any money from it, to yeah. be honest. So, I think uh, I, I love DJing, and I love putting. I, I do really enjoy DJing. Uh, yeah. It's almost like an escape for me, you know. Yeah. Like uh, you work nine five, and then you get to play to like hundreds of people. That's, for me, that's a buzz. Yeah. Uh, also, having your friends, like I've made friends for life. You're not know, doing these parties. Yeah, pretty, like, yeah. Uh, you know, like I don't even all your lot. I didn't even know. Yeah, like yeah. you guys before those parties. Yeah. So I think like motivation wise, I'm uh I think just the yeah, I, I, it does it is quite fulfilling. Mm. I do find it I do find it. Yeah, that's the impression I'm getting like, you know, yeah. to have, like, have a nine to five and have something that you've built that you just get to go and do yeah. and play to people, that's motivation enough really, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean like you do obviously it's nice to get paid and the way things are going now yeah. you do I you do need Two income streams, you know. Would you, would you would you be wanting to have it as your main job one day if you could? Ah, <laughs> uh, I, 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 no comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can. Um, yeah, I think yeah, having having you know, I mean you you're both musicians. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, I think music is also a very good uh, second income stream as well. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's your passion, but if you can get a bit of side money for it as well, that's yeah. like perfect, you know. I think, yeah, yeah, I was speaking to someone about this the other day, and he said, like, uh, you know, like, almost the way, the ec- economically, the way things are going now, you almost, like, need two jobs. Yeah, yeah. you can't just have your own Yeah, job. you can't just have, have yeah, yeah, and, like, well, if you want to, like, you know, earn, and, like, living in Manchester, you know, it's not cheap, yeah, so yeah. you've got to, like, have a bit of, yeah. So I guess mo- it, the money, the money is nice. Yeah. It's, the money is like a nice extra, but I do do it for the you know the passion basically. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you'd have been able to achieve what you'd have achieved with it if you were doing it for the money? No, no way, mate. Do you not think? No, man. No, I think you can. You can see it straight. You can. I see. You can tell when a promoter's doing it for the money. You can tell when a DJ's doing it for the money. Yeah. Mm. yeah it just doesn't shine through. Like, you can see it. Yeah, I respect uh, that one. I think that's uh, super interesting. So I think the last thing that I would find super interesting is you've kind of spoke a little bit about in Amsterdam, but you know we're called making a mentor. We want people yeah. who are aspiring to do anything similar to what you've done in the music industry for you to be basically a mentor for them by today. Yeah. Who would you say has been a good mentor for you through all this? Whether it's, even if it's whether it's YouTube or a parent or someone that you met in Amsterdam that kind of just give you like, I don't know, was just a yeah. mentor for you along the way. Um. I hate to say it, but Steve, do you know, do you know Steve did, did he? Do you know, the records, Florian Morrison. Yeah. He's been a pretty good mentor for me. Like, uh, in what way? Like what? Well, like you I mean. So when I, I remember when I, when I came back from Amsterdam, I, I went to his shop to sell a few records. I never, I didn't know him at the time. Like I knew of him, but um, yeah, he kind of like took us under his wing, and not just me. Like a lot of other younger yeah. DJs in Warrington, and uh, you know, he's always, he's always like recommending good records to you. He's always telling you how to, you know. Uh, get better at mixing because obviously he's vinyl only, so he's pretty stubborn yeah. on that. He's pretty old school as well, so he's you know he's he'll be honest to you, you know. Yeah, I uh, suppose that's you coming from that. You getting into it in Amsterdam, I imagine there's quite an old school. Love well, that's there. yeah. I mean, ah, that's that's another. When I was in Amsterdam, mate, the fuck they were fucking ruthless. Like yeah. in the record shop, like they wouldn't even let you mix. Like they used to, so they used to do parties in the record store. No. Uh, and I said like, oh, let me let me DJ, and they were like, no, you're not good enough. Like, Really? You just said that no <laughs> And I was like too fat sometimes. And I was like, Well, wow, like you're right, like I'm not good enough. And uh, they was the talent in the they were fucking red the talent in Amsterdam mate was like 
I think in England we're very like we can be very like oh go on then like even if you shit like go on yeah, do it. Yeah. but like over there it was like nah you're not fucking representing doing the oh, store yeah, in that way yeah, yeah. yeah you're not embarrassing me in my shop you know yeah, and yeah. Uh, I quite yeah so I remember yeah they used to do a lot of parties and I used to go to the parties and then I used to be a bit like disappointed like oh why is he not want me to play you know the ilk of the owner but now I know why because he had a reputation so upholding it in quite a like uh, influential city, yeah, you know, and competitive as well. Ah, oh, he was super competitive, mate. Like the de- the quality of the DJs was that good. Like yeah, yeah, it was like very high tier, very very high tier. It's best to learn from though, I guess. That's it, it man. You know, it's like life, surrounded by yeah, the best. yeah. That is, uh, I think I've definitely I've I think I've got a bit of that attitude still in me. You know, like that. Uh, that what what I picked up over in Amsterdam, especially like a lot of the people I worked with in my job as well. Mm-hmm. Like they were pretty interesting people, you know. Those people just kind of get to the point, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's really. what you need, though, isn't it? You, yeah, you can't have people like yeah, gassing yeah. you up for no reason. You need yeah, to, that's you true. Need to. Well, I see. I think in the DJ scene now, there's a lot of DJs that aren't even that good. They're getting gigs. And it's yeah. like uh, it's quite controversial to say, but like it's it's true. Like mm. there's people out there that like you know oh, they've got a good social media following. Yeah, get get a booking. But for me, it's all about for me. It's just all about the quality and if you're a good mm. DJ or not. Yeah. yeah. I wonder whether we could just go a little bit, because we are coming to the end now, we really, but yeah. it'd be really cool to talk a little bit about some, maybe people who have a musical background or a kind of selector background that want to get into mixing, because yeah. you know, what would you maybe recommend to them as things that you did in the early stages? So, or even stuff that you didn't do that you wish you did? Yeah, man, so, I mean, I, I actually started uh, digging, like, collecting dance music. Well, I say collecting. Yeah, like, so... I'm imagining you, like, Jay Diller in Detroit, like, his, rooting it, through, like... I don't know, it was me on a fucking <laughs> laptop in my student <laughs> halls, just on YouTube, mate. Just, so I've got, like, a playlist on YouTube with, like, a thousand house records. Like, and these are all tunes that I uh, were, dig, like, digging for before I even started DJing. So, I mean, the, the advice I give to DJs is just focus on the music you got to play the, the selections of your tunes. Yeah. I think, uh, so obviously a lot of people think DJing, you could, if you are a guitarist, you probably think it's all about the mixing, you know, the technical side of it. Mm-hmm. But it's all about the selection, yeah. mate, you know. I'm interested yeah. in, I, I don't know a lot about it. I, yeah. I'm interested in it from like a music perspective. I'm a bit of a producer. So I like the kind of idea of your, you know, you're kind of mixing these two tunes and you're kind mm. of lining up like yeah. the BPM and trying to have like a consistent thing. I think that's it's so interesting. But yeah. I don't understand like the logistics of when you hear like two particular tracks. What is it in your brain that kind of thinks, "Oh, I know what it is. I'm going to cut the bass on that one, and I'm going to drop it in at that." Like, what's that kind of thinking like that's going on? I in don't your know, mate. Uh, it's a weird one. Yeah, I guess it's. Uh, is it like the vibe? It's the vibe. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. vibe. I mean, I don't know how you could fucking technically say it yeah, but it's yeah. just like a, I guess energy and you know if you're in a band and you're playing a gig you know yeah. you can read the room just by yeah. and when you're DJing so do you have certain know, tunes that you do when kind of everyone's backing down and then yeah, certain to kind of bring yeah, the energy yeah. up like. yeah definitely yeah, yeah. But, I mean it's, that's like a whole other podcast that's to be honest mate that's right? what I mean exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find it super interesting maybe we will have to do that on a yeah. podcast one yeah day. I am no because I am clueless because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of like into there's a lot I don't know what to call it like maybe even social skills with how you're conducting a crowd I think it's like a yeah, much skill well it's you know a gig. aside from mixing maybe yeah because you have to understand that when people go to a club night they're not going to watch the DJ they're going to the, like the club night really yeah, yeah 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 so like they're not like their attention isn't focused on looking at someone on the stage for yeah, yeah. five hours no they're going to be chatting to the mates they're going to be outside having a smoke you know they can be they're out and about throughout the night so yeah. the social side of it you're you're conducting someone's night out basically yeah uh, I mean sometimes it's easier than, than others but and sometimes if you've not got the crowd as well if you got if let's say if people go behind the groove they kind of know what to expect but if I'm DJing in a bar and no one knows who the fuck I am I've yeah. got to win them over straight away yeah that's and, true that's so true like yeah yeah but it's definitely it's definitely like. Um, yeah, just a feeling, you know. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense, man. So it doesn't yeah. it? Don't make any like, and you can't like write it down and you couldn't explain that to someone though. Like, that's uh, what I think. That's why I find it piece, so like, interesting. On a piece of paper, because yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's that really, energy. Because I've been, yeah. I, I've been with it. Like some when I've been events and I feel like it's been good. I feel like you have like verbal recognition almost from the crowd. Sometimes somebody will kind of like yeah. bring in 
the bass part of a song and everyone kind of has a... Uh, well, it's like a mutual acceptance. When, you hear people, like, when I hear people whistling, you know, doing the whistling sound of the music, yeah. that's like, for me, that's like, right... The people are with me kind of people thing. People have got... So you're focusing on you now or something else. Well, I do, they're, they're the digging the vibe. They're mm, digging yeah. the vibe, you know, like... Uh, and, you, yeah, it's just obviously people whistling, people... You know, this... I, I'll show, I can, I've got like videos from the last party where you can just hear people screaming and like yeah yeah and I remember when I was DJing and like, there was just smoke everywhere I couldn't even see the crowd but you can just hear the noises pick up the vibe and you know you're, you're in the you know yeah you're in, the in that spot yeah yeah in that spot man. you know you're behind the groove behind the groove yeah <laughs> come on <laughs> oh, no. You can't be that right. I might have to cut that off. <laughs> keep that bit. Yeah, it's good that right. Yeah. So I suppose yeah, we're wrapping it up. Thanks for coming on. I think a good thing to end on. You know, we want this podcast to kind of be as open as possible. Is there anything that you would do differently, and that you maybe regret from your entire time of building it up? Like, if is there anything that you want to change going forward? Like, and then what's the future plans for it that you've got? You know, uh, I think stay like, in Manchester. And, yeah, I think like. I, I, we're talking yes given us given the subjects I'll go a bit businessy but I, yeah. I've definitely been underpaid for some parties yeah, like, heavily underpaid so would you say you should like is that something you do I think my, ask for more maybe I, I say that my, my, I was just so happy to, and I, I passionate to put on the parties I didn't really and then like uh, yeah I did some parties with some very good turnouts the bar made fucking loads of money yeah, yeah, yeah. and compare that to what I earned it was pennies you know, and I, they're the, you know, the real winners of the night are the bar owners, yeah, you know, I got, yeah. I'm madly underpaid for some of those parties, but, uh, so yeah, I, the advice I would give is, I know your value, you know, obviously don't be a dick about it, you know, don't overcharge, but like, if you, it's just basic economics, if you're bringing in so many people to a venue, you deserve to be paid so much because we were bringing the people there as well yeah of course yeah, I mean people are, every, no one's going to go to an event and what have one drink from the bar everyone's going to have well, three, that's four, it, you five know, drinks and I, a club night you know it's not like a band a band's on for like an hour max yeah, club night's on one two three we, we do you know we've done like ten hour parties before so yeah. you know from a bar perspective you know I will yeah they're making they're, they're cashing it so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but so uh, sorry what was the other question as well so I, I suppose was behind the roof the future yeah yeah what's what's the plan for the future like and so, when's uh, your next event just Manchester mate basically so um, we've now secured a residency at Yes in the basement Great. so uh, yeah they liked the last pie said it was good so yeah every every two months in the basement so next one's going to be 2nd of July and then uh, we're playing the White Hotel as well as behind the groove uh, me and Ryan Wilkinson nice uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's on the uh, 29th of April so yeah just, just focusing on Manchester mate uh, try and Maybe maybe try and play in some bars or something. Maybe do some more chilled out stuff as opposed to just the, the heavy clubby stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, just Manchester. That's the focus now, mate. Cool. Yeah, I like, it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming oh, on, man. It's been great yeah. to chat to you um, again, and thanks for sharing all your knowledge about the stuff. It's uh, it's going to be really helpful to other people, but also for us. You know, it's been uh, it's been great yeah. to chat. Nice one. Yeah, thanks, thanks, much. Thanks for tuning in to Making a Mentor. If you like our content, please like, share and subscribe. Podcasts spread best by word of mouth, so please tell your friends. Follow Behind the Groove on Instagram, Behind the Groove with three E's, and look out for their upcoming events. If you want to come on and talk to us, please write to us on contact at makingamentor.co.uk.